1: Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick.
2: All right. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for the vikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to Facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right. On today's show, we've got Adam Carlson. He is a senior member of the Viking Age, a fan sided Hall of Famer, a multiple time uh, appearance person on this podcast. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, Adam. Hey, thanks for having me back. You
3: remembered all the things that I asked you to add, so that's, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I like it. it. It's,
2: it's, it's a long resume, but, uh, you know, it's worth it. Um, all right, let's just get right into it. Irv Smith Jr. is expected to be out for the entire 2021 season. He underwent surgery on his meniscus. He got a full repair, which is better for his long-term career, um, but not good for the Vikings this year since he's – you know, he could have gone with the minor surgery, which would have probably kept him out maybe at most four weeks, but then he could have had, you know, chronic knee problems and arthritis. So he he's 23, 22, so he opted for the the more, the better thing for him, which you, you can't you can't blame him for doing that. No, um, not at all. So he's expected to be out four to five months. I think that's what uh, Adam Schefter reported from ESPN, um, you know, which gets you to February. So, you know, when the Vikings are in the Super Bowl, he, he should be ready to, to come back and Possibly, possibly. Um, but uh, just, just how big is, is his loss? A lot of fans were
3: expecting so much from him this season. It was going to be nice to see what he could do when he didn't have the the threat of Kyle Rudolph hanging over him. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, when you look at Kyle Rudolph's stats over the last couple of years, they really weren't too much to write home about considering what he was making. So seeing a dynamic playmaker like Smith be able to go out there get the ball in his hands, pick up yards after the catch. That was going to be such a big part of this team's offense, especially to draw some of the attention away from the big two receivers. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be tough to go on without him. But like you said, he definitely did the right thing in going for the long-term fix because it's all about the future with him. He's such a young guy that to go out and say, okay, I got to rush back on the field. And then who knows, maybe when he retires from football, he'll actually like walk normally, which would be amazing because a lot of people forget that these injuries and everything just bang up. And when you see some of these players, especially the ones back in the day, after they're done playing football, they don't walk. Right. They have joints that just don't work. Right. They're constantly in pain. And for him to make this decision, it's definitely the best for both him and the team long-term.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Like it, like we said, like I said it could have been chronic, so like if he got this surgery to come back this year, then it could have been it could be a problem next year this way. Right. You know, he he fixes it, then it's probably not a problem next year. Maybe maybe down the line he has some some problems, but for now it looks like this is this is the best option for him. Um and it sounds like he was going to be the the third option on uh, the passing game, at least that's what Mike Zimmer made it sound like cuz he's like You know, now we're gonna have to run more three wide receiver sets. We'll see. I'll, you know, I'll uh, have to see it before I believe it. First, with with uh, Mike and Mike Zimmer led offense or whatever. (laughs) Right. Um, I should say a coached offense. He doesn't lead the offense. Um, but yeah, it sounds like he was going to be a big part of the offense, and now he's not there. So they got to figure out, you know, what to do. Get get another receiver in there. Get Conklin in there. Um, but how much do you think the Vikings' chance to succeed this season will be affected by? his loss.
3: Well, hopefully they're better than what we saw in the preseason because that wasn't (laughs) very encouraging from the first team offense, but the first team offense we saw during the preseason also didn't include Delvin cook or Justin Jefferson, or a lot of those big players that we were kind of expecting to be huge contributors and run the offense through. So uh, looking at it without having a, a real clean basis of what to compare it to, honestly i'm still kind of in that dd westbrook thing to where yeah. when he comes back and he's healthy he's on the football field he can be a solid number three number four mm-hmm. receiver on the field and do what needs to be done to move the chains and of course kj osborne has been making a name for himself mm-hmm. this offseason and came in had a great training camp caught everything thrown at him in preseason and. There's no reason to believe that that momentum can't carry over into the regular season. So well, I'll miss Irv Smith, I think the Vikings have some players that should be able to step up and and help ease the passing offense.
2: Yeah, I was trying to think, like, of the offensive players that could go down, like, where would Irv Smith rank? And I think you you put, you put what, Delvin Cook probably number one. Yeah. Cousins or Jefferson maybe number two. You know, Phelan's in there. Brian O'Neill maybe. Right. Um, and then maybe Irv Smith, so he's like fourth or fifth or sixth even.
3: Yeah, um, a little ways down
2: the down the list there. So yeah, they can they can survive. Um they've shown that they can in the past. They still have Tyler Cl- Tyler Conklin, who we'll talk about in a little bit, um, who kind of came on strong last at the end of last year and um, you know, he seems like he could this is a great opportunity for him to to step in and, and establish himself as, you know, at least a legitimate tight end in the NFL, um, sure. but so the, so. Irv Smith played in the Chiefs, not the Chiefs. The Vikings' final preseason game. A bunch of starters did Kirk Cousins and, and a few other people, but not Jefferson, not Justin Jefferson, not Dalvin Cook, not Adam Thielen, and Smith ends up sustaining this injury. I know it's e- it's easy to look back and look at hindsight and you know be like, obviously he shouldn't have played because he would would have gotten hurt, but. Realistically, should should he have been... look When you look at the Vikings' tight end depth, and now it's not that great, should Smith have been on the field for that Chiefs game?
3: I, I see no reason why he really shouldn't have. I, I've never been that kind of person who will go on and say, oh, he got hurt during a meaningless game because for him getting acclimated to the game, they got the new offensive coordinator. He's got a new role where he was supposed to be getting a lot more reps and yep. I think getting him out there was kind of important to get him getting him ready for the season so I, I won't say that it was a meaningless game where he got hurt but it, it, like you said it's hard not to look back at it and say boy if they would have arrested him during the preseason he'd have been good to go but yeah hindsight's always like that
2: yeah I kind of contradicted myself too where I was like I don't want to look back and say he shouldn't have played but then I asked you if he shouldn't have played um <laughs> t- <laughs> Who do you think will benefit the most from, from Irv Smith not being on the field this season?
3: Oh, it's going to be the wide receiver depth. It yeah. absolutely is. Uh, and I like Conklin, and Herndon looks like he could be a nice addition to the team, but I don't think either of them offer the kind of pass-catching ability that uh, putting a receiver on the field is going to do. And honestly, uh, B.B. kind of moving on a little bit there, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you got the Johnson injury that put him out for the season. You've got guys that are hungry to step up and prove themselves. And, you know, Westbrook has a little bit of a a history of making some plays, putting some stats on the board. So it's good to see him there. And of course, I I love the stories of the fiery young players who, as soon as they get an opportunity, they grab it and don't let go. So like I said, last year, I wanted Osborne for special teams, but if he's going to come out and try to do things offensively after not getting an offensive rep last year, I'm all for seeing that
2: story. Yeah, I like you mentioned special teams. I think Amir Smith, Marset's probably going to have a, a big role uh in that at least at the beginning of the year. Um and he's another guy who could kind of, you know, if someone gets hurt, he can step in and, and maybe make some plays uh in the passing game because he's got he's got some good speed. He can get get by people. Um you said you mentioned Conklin. Do you think he can keep the number 1 tight end job for the entire season?
3: I think the Vikings might have invested a little too much to have t- enough faith in Conklin. The fact they went out and traded for a tight end rather than waited for cuts to pick up another one kind of spelled out a little bit that they aren't really comfortable with Conklin mm. alone. And then they cut Davidson, which he wasn't quite ready anyway. So I yeah, mean, not
2: not when he not when he doesn't go up for passes that are you know <laughs> at his his height. I don't know if you saw he, saw that. Pass. I did. Yeah. I did. <laughs> and I mean, just, it was a
3: little high for him, but he didn't even go for it. So it's like, and well, I
2: want to give a, a bit of comment crit, on but... it. <laughs> Did you hear? It? Yeah, Rick Spielman made a comment on it because he was on the in the booth or whatever for um, the announce team for the Vikings broadcast, and he was he saw that pass when that happened. He was like, "Oh, you got to make a better effort with that." Oh, I didn't have the Vikings broadcast. Yeah, game. Um, yeah. So that was a little like, "Ooh, um, ouch." We mentioned Chris Herndon. The Vikings made a trade for him earlier this week. They traded a fourth-round pick to the Jets for Chris Herndon. I believe a sixth-round pick. Um, he had a good rookie year in twenty. Uh, I want to say eighteen, um, but the last two years have not not been so great for him, and he's on his way out with the Jets. Do you you know what? What are your thoughts on the Vikings sending a, a fourth-round pick? Which you know depends who you ask that could be valuable for the Vikings. Um, sending them a fourth round pick for, for Chris Herndon.
3: With how much the Vikings value their draft picks, it made be a little surprised that it was that high of a pick. Getting right. the sixth spec definitely helps because Minnesota has been able to hit some pretty good players with those later round selections, whether it's five through seven or that range. And they, they've been able to do very well there. If you look at the history of their fourth round draft picks, it hasn't been very good right. over the no, since the Mike Zimmer era. TJ Clemens even, comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> but yeah, investing that much in him definitely makes me think that they have some plans for him. And he's a decent blocker. He's not great. He's got nice hands, but he he seems to miss a lot of the easy throws and, and kind of anticipate catching it and going up to the field instead of concentrating on catching the ball but yet when he gets thrown a difficult pass to haul in that seems to be where he shines so it's going to be interesting to see because kirk cousins is a player who likes leading his receivers Mm -hmm. and knowing where his receivers are going to be and i honestly don't know if that's one of his biggest strengths so hopefully they can kind of get on the same page pretty quickly
2: yeah i think uh maybe an underrated factor is he he's not going to be in an offense run by Adam case. Um, right. Which, you know, seems to, to help a lot of people who get out of that. So that'll be, yeah, uh, people were
3: talking about his placement on the depth chart for the jets. Yeah. And my first thought was
2: who is trusting the
3: evaluators
2: for the jets.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you were right though, about the, the the Vikings not doing too great with fourth round picks. So they got what they didn't have one in 2014. 2015, they had TJ Clemmings. 2016, they went with Willie Beavers. Yeah. Uh, 2017 was Jaleel Johnson and Ben Gideon. Mm. 2018 is Jalen Holmes, who they just let go of. Right. 2019 is Drew Samia. Wow, these are terrible. <laughs> They're um, not good. <laughs> last year, okay. Last year, maybe some. All right. They had Troy Die, James Lynch, and DJ Wanham. So DJ Wanham. There's looking, some hope there. DJ Wanham's looking like he's probably going to start. Um, and then this year they had K- Janarius Robinson, Cameron Bynum, who struggled a lot in the preseason, and uh, Kane So we'll see. Um, yeah, that's that's not a, not a good list. No uh, fourth round picks, but um, the Vikings there's a report out there that says the Vikings had talks with the Eagles. Uh, I believe it's from fansided's, our own fansided's, uh, Matt Lombardo. Uh, about acquiring tight end Dallas Goddard. Um, Would you have liked that to happen instead of Herndon based on what you know now about Smith probably not playing at all this year?
3: It all depends on the investment. I love the fact that they were aggressive in going out and trying to find a tight end to bring into for this team because, hey, Minnesota's already put a lot into this team for this year. They've got some guys... On one year contracts that are gonna be set to expire and keeping them around by signing them to another deal. It's gonna to be tough considering the salary cap situation coming up and the big extension that Harrison Smith just got. Mm-hmm. Plus they still have to lock down Brian O'Neill. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean this does kind of feel like it's getting closer to an all in season.
2: It does it does kind of feel that way. I think a lot of the one year deals though are um maybe player facilitated because of the salary cap, how it's probably going right. to increase next year. So no one wants to get more money or sign a long-term deal this year and then not have the chance to get more money next year. Um, all right. So cut day was on Tuesday. Teams had to reduce their rosters to 53 players at the most. A bunch of teams that yes. saw reduced them even more. Um, the Vikings you know obviously they they cut a bunch of people, what they're still cutting people today, Thursday um what are some of your takeaways, you know, just from the final fifty three guys that that the Vikings went with this year?
3: I was a little surprised to see Jalen Holmes get the axe
2: recently, was that today just because
3: he was you know a starter, yeah, for a little while after moving changing positions the year before when minnesota asked him to do that so Mm -hmm. i don't know i think he'll get a look somewhere else and i don't know if he'll succeed or not but he should have an opportunity to see if he can grow and develop
2: i saw he might come back to the practice squad so he might be coming back
3: that'd be nice that would definitely be nice uh speaking of the practice squad though there are some individuals on there that are some notable names on there
2: right (laughs) <laughs> yeah there's what mr uh mr mr dozers on there he's yeah still. yeah finding Mr. A Clipboard stick around yep sean Mannion. you know i was writing about sean Mannion last night and i'm starting to like get a little respect for this guy because he's been in the league since like 2014 2015 he's never thrown a touchdown pass never but he's found a way some way to s- remain in the league um so, I'm guessing
3: uh, I need to do a little bit of research and see if he has Sam Bradford's agent or
2: something, right? <laughs> Him and uh, Chase or Chase Daniel's agent because he's kind of similar, where he's barely <laughs> played any games, and Chase Daniel has made like forty million in his career.
3: It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I was having a debate on Twitter. I even put up a poll to see who would throw the first NFL touchdown. What was going to be Mannion or Mond? I did see you threw that up there. <laughs> So far, people really believe in Mond, and I've even got one guy who thinks Dalvin Cook will throw a touchdown before either of (laughs) them. So
2: Um keep watch out for Justin Jefferson. I've heard he's got a pretty good arm too. All right. Um I I posted this yesterday where I, you know, they signed Mannion, but I still think if if you know Cousins has to miss time for whatever reason, that I still think they go with Mond to put him in there, and then they have Mannion kinda on the sidelines to to help Mond kind of direct him, give him some pointers, because I feel like a shaky kellen mon is still better than right sean Mannion at his best if there's if that even exists
3: and you know as soon as you start talking a little bit bad about sean Mannion, he does have some people that on, on twitter and social media that will stick up for him because he is you know he had a good college career yeah and although things haven't worked out for him in the nfl there are people that still believe that he could step in and be a solid backup quarterback well he
2: provides he provides value i guess on the the sidelines um as far as i think (laughs) at least the vikings have looked at him as like another coach
3: and this is why i said why not hire him as just being an assistant coach and have that roster spot available to a guy (laughs) who at least has some potential to ball
2: right right yeah i i don't yeah you're you know that's a good point um but you know maybe he just has that urge to play even though he never plays um so yeah, you mentioned Jalen Holmes. Was there any other surprise departures? I know they got rid of Britton Colquitt today. Uh, again, um, you
3: have no idea how much this stuff bothers me <laughs> when you change up the punter, the holder. Yeah, you no, know, and you have a competition long for snapper, a new kicker.
2: And they, didn't they bring Apollo back? Oh, they brought him back. You're right. You're right. Well, they let him go, and everyone's like, "What?" Now they don't even have a long snapper. So yeah, but yeah, you're right. They did bring him back. And then the gunner goes on IR. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So special teams is going to be
3: an area that this team again might not win uh, yeah. very often. So if you're going to win two phases of the game, now Minnesota's putting themselves in a position where they almost have to win on offense and defense. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. tough.
2: Yeah. Yeah, special teams is not their strength. When I posted, I just posted something about Jordan Berry, the punter they just signed, and the Vikings. The yeah, Pats. what
3: they upgrade from the fifteen number fifteen punter to number twelve punter yeah, or something like that. Yeah,
2: it wasn't much of an upgrade. Um, <laughs> I just think Mike Zimmer was pissed at that one preseason game that that uh, Colquitt had earlier this year. I think it was against. But Colquitt came back and the, he played he really
3: did. well in that second game. Then it was did. solid in the third. And I, I
2: don't know. Really, I thought
3: he responded really well to bring in
2: competition for him. And yeah, there might be some some other stuff uh, going on that that we don't. Yeah. Know. Um, but I I wrote about Jordan Berry today, and if he starts in week one, and, and Greg Joseph does as well, they will be the fifth punter and kicker to play in at least one game since Mike Zimmer has been the coach for the Vikings, and I believe they've had five long snappers in that period as well. That's not really a whole lot of uh, consistency or con- no. continuity, which is important for kickers to have at least continuity with the the guys that they're that the holder and the uh long snapper i just uh
3: yeah when you got a coach that believes in ball control uh field positioning and all that when you start messing with special teams too much it can be an absolute disaster because you got to count on those guys to make those field goals even if they're longer and get decent punts off to win that field position battle because if your offense is out there to be a little bit more on the conservative side which the vikings tend to do at times it's
2: it's gonna be tough to win on offense it is yeah, look, um, the Vikings were right. They were they were right about some of the guys like Blair Walsh is not in the league anymore. Kai Forbath not in the league. Dan Bailey not in the league. But uh, Daniel Carlson still uh, still kicking for the Raiders and still kicking pretty good. Oh yeah, um, I bet you know the Vikings at least. Well, probably not Mike Zimmer. He probably wouldn't admit that. Uh, you know, he made the wrong wrong call. But it's a little little too quick. Uh, you know, pull the trigger on uh, letting Carlson go there in that that game against the Packers. I think a lot of people felt like at the time that was the, the right move, but um, it certainly, certainly doesn't look like uh, the Vikings made out the best uh, with that decision. Uh, is there anyone that made well, the
3: Vikings? I got one roster? more thing to say about the kicker, though. Oh, okay. All right. It's kind of disappointing that the Vikings kicker has his job because the other kicker ended up getting injured and <laughs> oh yeah i mean he didn't outright win the job which can be very very frustrating and i, I will defend him because uh, he did miss a couple field goals this year in preseason but both those misses were from nearly 50 yards out so i think he missed are, all,
2: i think he missed all of his 50 yard attempts
3: yeah i think it was 51 and 50 that he missed right
2: so just 49 49 and under he's good but uh Fifty and over, you gotta go for it on fourth down, or, or go for two.
3: <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he has he's been pretty good this preseason. He made a lot of kicks during camp, but I would have liked to see a little bit more competition mm-hmm. that was actually real for him.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised the Vikings didn't even pick anyone up. They might, they might still do it. There's still about a week and a half until the season starts. You know, to True. at least put someone on their practice squad. Um, to you know just in case something happens.
3: So, do you think that the Vikings picked up Mannion to kind of isolate him and keep him kind of as their emergency quarterback that is away from everybody else a little bit? Because uh... we did see Jacksonville. I believe it was Jacksonville, right? That came out and just absolutely said... <laughs> A lot of the decisions we made were based on COVID, right?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the Patriots released Cam Newton. Bill Belichick said that's not why he was let go because he's not vaccinated. Um, but you can make your assumptions a week after he had the whatever complications with the, the COVID testing, right? Um, that didn't help anything. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know Mannion's status as far as being vaccinated or unvaccinated. So I don't know if that would even be worth it to kind of isolate him, but I don't see else. them keeping him away from
3: quarterback rooms. No, no because no. of his strengths as being in that room to help out the other quarterbacks. Well, they did.
2: Did they bring? No, they didn't sign Browning. Browning's not on the. No,
3: podcast. Browning's gone,
2: and Nate Stanley too, I, I think as well. Yep, so, gone. So if <laughs> if someone tests positive in the quarterback room, um, Dalvin Cook, Wildcat, the the next game. <laughs> oh boy um yeah uh, was there anyone that made the the vikings final 53 that you um didn't think was going to make it hmm you mentioned what dan jacena i i, I think that's how you pronounce his last name but he yeah i, I didn't already. include
3: him on my 53 because at the time i had bb right taking his spot because of special teams contribution but when B.B. kind of didn't make it either, that that threw a big old wrench in all my list. How does
2: he get hurt all the time? Like he's he had last year, he was pretty good, but every other year it seems like he's hurt. I'm not sure, but and they pop out of nowhere sure they, like him. They pop out of nowhere too. Like he's fine one week, and then it's like, oh, he's he's out for the season. It's like what. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah sometimes those injuries they happen and you just have no clue like i had no idea that dan said he I, I didn't know that he was hurt
2: right yeah and um well you look at what Daniel hunter last year no one thought that that was gonna turn into what it did and then even with irv smith i don't think anyone saw that coming that was a big surprise surprise because he played in that preseason game and he seemed fine um but
3: but yeah. yeah overall as far as surprises on the 53 there weren't a ton of them, and. As far as big surprise cuts, again, I mean, other than Colquitt, which is probably the biggest surprise from the cuts, I, I don't think there was anything to really get too upset or confused about.
2: I'm happy they didn't only pick two safeties this year, because that was a little uh, yeah, last year when they decided to do that. Um, but yeah, there was- I am excited to see Woods in action, though. And yeah.
3: Metallus has always been very good on special teams and, I am interested to see Bynum kind of come along and do his own thing and learn and grow. Yeah, so. the,
2: thing, the thing with him is he switched from, he's switching from corner to safety. So it's like a totally different position for him. And yes. Yeah. he was thrown in pr- pretty much into the fire in the preseason because Harrison Smith wasn't starting. So he's in there, he's going against uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Broncos right. first team offense and some other guys. So, you know, kind of, and he's a rookie and he's, defensive back in the NFL is like probably one of the hardest positions to convert from college to the NFL. So He's got a lot going against him. I seemed a
3: little surprised about Harrison Hand making
2: the 53. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I did see that too. Um, How many defensive backs did they keep? They they kept quite a few. At least cornerbacks. I want to say they kept five corners, right? They kept... uh, What was it, six? Peterson, Breland, um, Alexander... Boyd, dance dancer, and hands. And so, so yeah, six. Yeah, wow, that was a lot. But you know, Mike Zimmer can never have enough, so can't be surprised.
3: Um, I think that's appropriate, though, since they're the Vikings are probably going to rock most of the season yep. with an extra defensive back on the field instead of yep. linebacker because, yeah, I. I don't know what's going on with that third linebacker spot, and heck, I don't—I still don't even really know what's going on with Anthony Barr. So yeah.
2: nobody does, but we'll find out um, next week because i will have to release an injury report. So we'll actually be able to get the—he
3: didn't end up on the pup, which that's well, nice. Oh you know, yeah, that's good. And neither did uh, or on Christian- the three game IR. So
2: neither did Christian Darisaw, So that's good for him too, as far as um, him maybe coming back before Rashad Hill. Uh, you know, everything goes to. <laughs> Shambles over there on the left side. Um, following the final cuts, which which position group concerns you the most for the Vikings?
3: Well, it's it's still the offensive line, yeah. and I know that the Vikings went out and they invested in that in the draft, but neither of the draft picks that they they made are, are going to be there to start the season on the starters. So right. Right. it's it's a little frustrating from that standpoint. But I'm I do about see about Udo though potential there. Yeah, Udo looked real good once he moved inside, and I think that the run blocking is still going to be a strength of this team Mm -hmm. because they've got some big boys there ready to plow through people, and that's always good, but it's that pass protection, especially now on that left side. Hill's Mm going to face some really tough opposition, and Mm -hmm. uh, Riley Reeve held that down pretty well, and letting him go, it it was a controversial move. I, I know that a lot of fans wanted to save that money, but Saving Kirk's blindside. I don't know how much that's worth.
2: Yeah, they got Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt in uh, Week Two. Uh, yeah, Week One they've got uh, what, Trey Hendrickson and somebody else from the Bengals. I know they picked up some other people. Um, and then for the Seahawks, I can't, I can't remember, but they always have a good defense, so you, that's always a concern in Week Three. Right. Um. So just looking ahead to the season for the Vikings, let's. Let's see. Record-wise, what would you say the Vikings' floor and ceiling are for this season?
3: I got asked this on the Purple People podcast, yes, not yesterday, but the day before. And okay. I was kind of going back and forth because my prediction, I had Minnesota going 9-8. and eight. Oh, okay. Because this is a good team with a solid roster, I think the defense is going to be a lot better. I, I don't think they're going to be able to be ran on the way they were. Anywhere near last year, because that was brutally just terrible. Yeah. So I I see the defense holding down and a little bit, maybe a touch of regression from the offense. And and like I said, that special teams is going to be the wild card. Mm -hmm. If they can perform mistake free, then it's going to be nice. But otherwise they could end up costing the game a team or or the team a game or two here and there. So uh, I'd say the ceiling is probably like, if things start clicking, I would not be super surprised to see a 12-win season.
2: Oh, 12. Okay.
3: I, I would not be super shocked, but an injury to Cousins and yeah. then the defense kind of struggling a bit with penalties and inability to stay on the field. You could be talking about a, a six-win team as a floor
2: here. Yeah. What, so that would be, what, 12-5 and because 17 games now? Um and you said wait what did you say was the floor six? Yeah, okay.
3: At six and eleven would not be pretty. No, would Mike Zimmer get fired after that? The seat would definitely be hot. I'll <laughs> tell you that. Now, I've never been one to say that Zimmer's seat has has been hot. I've always said the team is steadfast behind him, but back to back, just disappointing seasons.
2: Yeah, if you get if it. you get worse after all the people that they brought in this year and. You know, not making the playoffs last year—that's not gonna be good no. for his future. Um, and I—I I don't, yeah. I six wins—it's gonna be hard for him to to stick around. Uh, ceiling, you know what? I'm gonna go even further. I'm gonna say thirteen wins. Oh, their ceiling. Um, they won thirteen games with Case Keenum at quarterback. So why can't they, you know, <laughs> do it with all the guys they have this year? That schedule's um, brutal, though. It is, but if you each week each opponent they have, there's certain like just with any team, there's certain aspects that they can exploit. Like you look at the Cardinals in week two, they just lost Malcolm Butler, who retired. Yeah. Um and their other top corners on the COVID list. So, you know, that looks pretty good for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, uh, going into week two with uh, with the Cardinals. They might be starting a rookie this year, which is never a good idea for an NFL team especially since the rookie I think he was drafted in like the third or fourth round um so you know you look at a team like that where Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are probably gonna be licking their chops uh going into that one and you look at what who they're playing the Bengals uh Joe Burrow hey
3: gotta feel kind of good about that one that's when I I have that one marked down as a win but then again, in the past, too, you've seen games where the Vikings have been multiple-point favorites, double-digit favorites, yeah. and then they just absolutely pooped the bed.
2: Yeah, <laughs> And week one's weird, because week one, you see, I think what we saw, like the Jaguars beat the Colts last year. In yep. week one, everyone's like, oh, look at the Jaguars. They're going to be a great team, and they won like one game. Um, <laughs> um, and then the Colts went to the playoffs. So week one's weird. It's, you know, because you got what the Packers and Saints are playing in Jacksonville this year right? because of the hurricane. That's gonna be weird, like week one everyone's healthy, everyone's super rusty, uh so you know week one is important, but at the same time it's like if you lose you, you still especially this year you got seven there's seventeen games, so you know if you lose the first week, but if you start if if the Vikings come out of the first three weeks and they don't have a win, that's gonna be a big problem,
3: yeah, it might be time to panic a little bit,
2: yeah that's that's when you're like, um you know. Who's ever gonna fire this time? Do you know, another, another offensive coordinator is—is is, is Gary Kubiak gonna come back? Um, so yeah, and then the floor, I think, for this team, I'm gonna say the floor. I'll still give them seven, seven wins, so seven and ten. Okay, so you're a touch more optimistic than I am. Yeah, which which,
3: which is, is not weird. usually the way it works.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, I, I I like this team. I like you know if they can stay relatively healthy. I like the team. I like the the defense to be a lot better you Um, think this is
3: a playoff caliber roster
2: yeah i do um just because you know delvin cook he's he makes that team so good whenever he's healthy and gets the ball you know he he makes everything easier for kirk cousins he makes everything easier for Justin jefferson adam thielen guys who just get open because just just the threat of having delvin cook on the field I read that they want to make him more of a receiving threat, which you know could add an even more dangerous element to his game. Oh yeah. Um and then, you know, you're getting you're getting Daniel Hunter back, who I've read lots on, how he is just looking ridiculous in camp. Um, you know, you got Everson Griffin back in that locker room, being a leader. They need that. They needed that last year desperately. Um
3: That's gonna be so different for the Vikings this year, it's the level of energy. Yeah. Because Everson Griffin brings that energy to the sidelines, and then when Minnesota has their home games and they actually have the fans going wild, this is going to be night and day, I think, for this Vikings defense.
2: Yeah, he could play one play a game, and he would still be valuable for the Vikings just because he what he can do on the sidelines and and in the locker room for them. And then you talk about, you know, I think Eric Kendricks called them the meaty boys in the middle. Oh, yeah. uh, Just, you know, clogging up the, the whole state. They they look great in the preseason. They did. Um, so I'm curious to see how how they, and you got Sheldon Richardson is a is a reserve. Um, <laughs> so that's good. You know Anthony Barr is a little worrisome, but you know I think if if he's one guy that's out and they have everyone else, they have Eric Kendricks and Eric, Harrison Smith and you know I'm excited about Bashad Breland. We don't know about Patrick Peterson. I think he's he's going to do well with with Mike Zimmer. You know teaching him getting him back to, to where he was as maybe not as yeah. all, all, all pro caliber, but maybe, maybe pro bowl. Um, and then Mackenzie Alexander, I think he's underrated because he played well last year with the Bengals and he, he came back. He'll be a, a solid nickel guy. Oh yeah. Um, I've
3: been a fan of his,
2: but yeah, special teams definitely concerns me. This is the same story every year with, with the Mike Zimmer Vikings, it's special teams and offensive line. Um, I don't know if Greg Joseph is going to last the whole year. No clue. If I was going to bet on it, I would say no. <laughs> um, oh, just, no. just, just history. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, if I think Mike Zimmer is going to go for it a lot on fourth down this year, um, a lot more pulling than you, a holder. <laughs> Although I huh. did not read that Jordan Jordan Bear, their new their new punter, is is a very good holder as well. Good, so, good. So there's at least some positivity. He was with the Steelers for for six years, so he was he was. Consistent. Yeah, you can't be
3: too bad to keep your job for six years, right?
2: Especially with the Steelers, they're 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 pretty decent. They're decent pretty tight franchise. organization. Um, so yeah, I I think they can get in the playoffs. Cause it's gotta stay healthy. That's 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 really the thing in the NFL. That the teams that do the best are usually the healthiest. It's true, unless you've got Patrick Mahomes, or <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. It's usually, you know, if you can stay healthy, you're going to be in contention. You look at the 49ers, they they could be very good, but they've been hurt, like, every year. Not every backup quarterback gets a statue outside your stadium. <laughs> no. All right. Um, that's all I got for you today, Adam. Where can people follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at MNVikingZombie
3: on Twitter. I'm over there. I'm always posting up some sort of ridiculous thing that you can... Have some fun with over on Twitch, MN Viking Zombie as well. I got the Purple People Podcast streams the over there. I also play some Jackbox games, do some horror movie reviews over there as well. So if you head on over there, give me a follow. I'd appreciate that. Uh you can also find my work over on The Viking Age and Undead Walking, both part of the fan sided family. It's a great place to get your information, whether you love the Minnesota Vikings or the Walking Dead. So check those out if you would, please
2: go ahead check those out follow him subscribe to his podcast subscribe to this podcast on the Apple podcast app Spotify app wherever you get your podcast but until next time we'll talk to you later